Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Coach Ra with a quick message for you. Uh, first off, I just want to say thank you and uh, let all of my listeners know that I am completely appreciative for them and to them. I know it's been a while since my last podcast, and I want you to know that I've heard all of the messages. People have been Instagramming me and DMing me and you know asking me when's the next one going to come up. I recently started a new uh, a new way of communicating uh, with a different show called 60 Seconds of Wisdom, which has been doing very well. A lot of people have been gravitating towards it. So I'm very proud of that. And uh, so here is my podcast. I have not put up one in a while, but typically I put these out every Thursday. So let's get at it. Let's get back to it. Okay. So uh, as always, I hope this message resonates with you and, and brings you some sort of uh, content that allows you to progress in life. My whole sticking point is self-mastery. Self-mastery is the continuous development of self to a level of control where you have you're, you're constantly practicing mastery over yourself every single day. The reason why self-mastery is so important is because in life, we all have a journey, things that we want to accomplish. We set goals. Sometimes we identify those goals and we say exactly what those goals are. And then sometimes the goals that we have in life sit in our heart. And when you are confronted or when we are confronted with adverse situations in life, different challenges, roadblocks, negative people, haters, along with the celebrations, the victories, the awards, the high performance results, all of these things, they have a tendency to uh, get us away from our center. And self-mastery is about being able to control yourself from your center, meaning the center of yourself, your soul, so that you can utilize all of the skills, the gifts, the abilities that you have to accomplish anything in life. So if you have problems with uh, stress, you know, stress is a natural part of life, but with self-mastery, you learn to use the stress in your favor. Everything that's happening around us and in front of us and through us is happening for us and not against us. But when you set yourself in natural opposition against yourself by not practicing self-mastery, you often, we all, we, all of us, including myself, end up becoming victims of the things that are in our lives to help us and to move us as opposed to becoming the masters. Cause there is no, you know, that the world that we live in is, uh, it's a funny place, you know, it can be very challenging, but it's always, always an opportunity for us. But if we don't stop to really appreciate and learn how to use these things, we become victims of it. So, 
Anyway, today's message is going to be all about uh, how to handle the adversities of life. I talk about this often because there are so many of us who come from challenging backgrounds. We're raised in families where it just uh, it just can seem like a daunting task, especially when you compare yourself to other people. And you think when you look at other people, hey, this person is doing better than me. Their parents are there. They're raising them. They got all of the advantages in life. Somebody supporting them. Someone is encouraging them. And then you look at yourself and you go, man, I didn't have those things. I didn't have the, the parents who were encouraging me, who were speaking life into me. I didn't have uh, the amenities of life. Sometimes there's a tendency to believe that these things are the things that you need to be, quote unquote, successful in life. And I'm challenging you today. My challenge for you is to understand what life is truly about. And when I say truly about, I'm not talking about life as in life as I define it, meaning Coach Ra. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the life that we all can define based on reasonableness. Reasonableness or reason is when you take what is factually and clear in front of you and utilize that which you can see, what you can test, what you have evidence of to make decisions in life, right? So uh, I give you an example. Let's just say that you're listening to uh, two people, two people that you love argue about a particular point. Maybe it's your, uh, your sister and her husband, and they're arguing about uh, a text message that came in. And uh, let's say it's uh, your wife's, uh, not your wife, it's your sister's husband's phone. And your sister happened to notice a text that he received that seemed to be a text message that he should not receive. Right. And he's trying to explain to her and you that the text message is not what you think it is. Right. And she's saying, no, uh, no, he should not receive this kind of a text message. That's wrong. He's cheating. Right. Now, let's just say within that text message, it looks bad. Let's say it looks bad. Right. But then he's saying that although it looks bad is not what you think. So you're standing there. And you're listening to your sister explain why she believes he's wrong. and He's explaining why he believes that he's not wrong. So then you stop and you get reasonable about the situation. You go, okay, so let's take a look at this and let's see what actually happened. So to understand the situation more deeply, you decide to do a little bit of investigation to see what evidence may exist. Right. So then you say, well, uh, well, let's do this because your sister is saying that the text message is uh, is to him and he's saying it is not to him. So then uh, 
through a short investigation, you all call up the cell phone company and you try to figure out why did he receive this text message. And the cell phone company tells you that that text message indeed did not come to him. It came it was going somewhere else to a different person. But because of some technical issues, he received a text message. And they say, well, how do you know that it was not directed towards him? So then the cell phone company says, the carrier says, well, that the actual message is designed to go to this telephone number. And he reads off, he or she reads off the telephone number and the telephone number that is supposed to receive the text message is not your sister's husband's number. So. In the air of reasonableness, to be reasonable, you have to conclude that based off of the evidence that you're looking at, that your sister is wrong. Your brother-in-law is actually right. You have to be reasonable or you can be unreasonable and disagree with your sister. So that's what I want to talk about today. When confronted with life situations, are you being reasonable? And many times we, we are not reasonable. When I say uh, reasonable, I want to go ahead and, and get into the story, right? So many times things will happen to us in life. We'll be placed in situations that may cause us to respond negatively. So if you grew up in a situation where you didn't have all of the amenities of life based off of what this culture says, family, mom and dad, car, house, food every day, loving, supporting family members, everybody's all happy and everything. If you don't have those things, then, uh, you know, life is hard, right? And uh, if you don't have any money, then life is hard. But the truth of the matter is, is that when we look at life through the lenses of the culture that we live in, especially through the superficial parts, a superficial aspects of the culture that we live in, we cause ourselves undue pressure, right? So I'm talking to one of my clients yesterday and she's explaining to me how all of these things in life, her mother uh, was on drugs, didn't raise her right. She grew up promiscuous, sleeping around, had a kid. She didn't have the kid while she was real young, but she was young enough to where she you know, didn't understand how to raise a kid. She had all of these things working against her. Her entire family is kind of like, uh, you know, struggled through life. There were some members in her family who made it. But then at the same time, there was just so many aspects of her life. Her sisters, uh, she doesn't get along with them. They're all at each other's throats. She doesn't agree with how they raise their kids. It's all of these different things that my client was just explaining to me and I just kind of sat and listened, right? But the entire time I'm thinking, man, you know, she doesn't understand, but then she goes deeper and she's like, well, I don't, I never graduated from high school. I don't have a, a GED. I don't have a high school diploma. I raised my daughter. Her daughter's doing very well. She goes to this prestigious college, but at the same time, she still feels less than uh, because she's older. She's in her older 30s, but then it's like all of these things in life are coming to, to uh, coming to a, a boiling point, you know, and, uh, you know, we, we're in a pandemic now. And as a result of all of these different changes and transitions, she doesn't feel like she can handle 
what life is offering. She knows that she can, but she doesn't feel confident about it because she's looking at her background and going, man, all of the things in life that I needed to be the woman that I could be, I don't have these things. So here's what I worked to help my client understand. And I'm going to reiterate this again, simply because I know that my client is going to be listening. I want her and anybody that is in her position to really understand what the mechanics of life are when you are reasonable. So there are three specific important mechanics in life that you have to take into consideration if you are reasonable. The first consideration is that life only requires a person to have to be able to breathe, to have oxygen in their lungs. That's the first thing. Without air, you can't exist. That is just a reality. You find out that very quickly. You can do a little test on yourself. Hold your breath for 10 seconds. After 10 seconds, you're going to notice how your body is starting to respond. Okay. The next thing that, your bo- that, uh, that we all need that is the essential of life is companionship. Companionship, not in the sense of a romantic uh, situation. That is great, but it does not have to be romantic. But companionship in the sense of somebody who cares about you, somebody who is there for you, who you can hug, who you can touch, who you can feel, who you, someone you can embrace, someone you can go back and forth with, you can communicate with, right? And you learn this very easily because there are many, uh, uh, many, a lot of research out there, many documents that have talked about in hospitals with the neonatal ward that talk about why it's so important for humans to have interaction with other humans. When we don't interact with other people, weird things happen. We begin to lose our grip of reality because we uh, humans are designed for communication but communication through the form of echo. So in other words, when a baby does not feel the rhythmic heartbeat of another person, they don't know if their existence is here. And as a result, they die or they can die. Same thing when it goes to can, uh, companionship and talking and being able to relate to others and being able to hug others, even as Teenagers and young adults and older adults and people who live our senior community, every single human being needs to know that they exist and they need they learn their existence through the reactions, the responses, the communication that takes place between uh, two people that echo. You say something to someone else and they respond to you. That whole transaction validates your reason for living. It lets you know that you are here, that you are someplace. Okay, that's the second. The third, the third resource of life, the the thing that allows us to be here, to stay here is food. Every person on the face of this planet needs to eat. There are people out there who fast, but you can't fast for too long because eventually your body will die. It needs nutrients and essential minerals to uh, to continue to live. OK, and uh, those are the three. So oxygen, you have to be able to breathe. 
companionship. You need to know that you exist through your interactions with other people and then uh, food because your body needs vital nutrients and vital minerals to help it function. Without those three things, everything is kaput. Now, anything beyond that is extra. It could be, you know, when I said companionship, notice I didn't say a loving relationship. It doesn't matter if it's loving or not. Tell you the truth. The truth is, is that we just need to know that we are not alone. That we exist with others. You'll notice that when I talked about companionship, I spoke very vague about it because even with our interactions with one another, as humans, we're like tuning forks. So you may know people in your life like this, people who gravitate towards their haters. They're very consumed with uh, the negative people around them. We all do it and we have to learn how to balance that, but we all do it. Sometimes we learn more from the people who don't like us than we do from the people who do like us. And that's just the truth. So that's the part about, you know, in life, we think that we need so much to be successful. But the truth is, is that we're all overqualified. If you can breathe, if you got food, if there's somebody around you, you can make it. That's all you really need. Everything else is beyond that. And once you realize that, then you come to this point where I consider yourself, where I would consider you to be at the very first step of self-mastery. Because at the very first step in your life, you begin to realize that anything that you think that you need, you can actually provide to provide to yourself. So you think that you need it parents to teach you the difference between right and wrong, to love you, to advise you, to tell you things about life. But the truth is, is that when you start down the road of self-mastery, you can actually provide all of these things to yourself. Like when I was talking to or when I was listening to my client yesterday, because I have to be honest, that that session was more about me allowing sometimes, you know, as a coach, it's not about what you tell the person. It's about just listening to them the entire time so they can get things off of their chest and in process because people have a way of figuring out their own. OK, so but what I want to say is that in life, you think that someone has to give give you something, but it's not about the giving that comes from other people It's really about the giving that you give yourself. This is why the first step in any recovery is you taking ownership of your situation yourself, because the things that you need actually are going to come from you. And even let's say, for example, with my client, she was talking about how she didn't graduate from high school and how. She didn't have her GED and all of these things. And that is important. I don't want to minimize an, a good education, but I will tell you this. In today's time, 2020, if you have a cell phone that has access to the Internet, 
You can learn anything that is taught in public schools. Anything. All of it is up for game. All of it. So when you talk about school, is it about school or is it about the content that you learn in school? And that is, I mean, you know, part of what I do is not just coaching. Another aspect of what I do, one of my other legs of income deals with running and operating a school. And so many of us are so wrapped up in titles. This title, I'm this, I'm that. Titles don't mean anything. Titles just indicators of a level of achievement. Before the title, what's more important than the title is the content that you learn on the path to achieving your title. So I'm saying that because I want you to know if you're somebody out there who has a level of education that's not equal to others, maybe you didn't graduate from high school, maybe you didn't get your GED, or maybe you did get those things, but you don't have a bachelor's degree, maybe you don't have a master's, and you're thinking, man, uh, you know, how am I supposed to improve my life when I'm, I don't have any education? We live in an information age. And schools know this. Colleges know this. Anything that you want to know, you can find in the contents of your own home or wherever you sit with a cell phone and connection to the Internet. Everything is there. There are dissertations on social media There are books on social, all free stuff, things that you can access just from using your phone. So you have to ask yourself, is it the title of the degree or is it the content, the learning that you receive from working towards the degree? I have a saying that I always mention, especially when I'm talking to people who are setting out to achieve a goal. Goals are important. Because in life, you have to identify what you really want. And once you identify what you want, then you set into place all of the mental aspects and physical aspects that it takes to achieve that goal. But it's not the goal that's most important. It's who you become in the process of working towards that goal that matters most. Because who you become is what allows you To be the person that has the goal. And if you achieve that goal once, you can achieve it twice. If you achieve it twice, you can do it multiple times. See, the degree, the title, if the title was worth more than the result, then they'd sell it at your local store. You'd be able to go into some store like Walmart and just uh, Walmart and just purchase a bachelor's degree or purchase a high school diploma or purchase a doctorate degree. But the reason why you can't just purchase those things is because what's most important is not the document. The document is the receipt that you received that that says that you worked to get this. But the work is actually what makes you who you are, is what you become. What did you endure? How have you labored? What have you discovered? What introspective points have you learned about yourself? That's what makes the degree worth 
anything. There are some people out there who have doctorate degrees, which are considered to be the highest level of education in the U.S., but you can tell very quickly that their doctorate has not done much for that person. And then there are some people who, and I've encountered these people and I'm always amazed, when they open their mouth, there's so much wisdom and so much knowledge that one could automatically assume this person has to be highly educated. And guess what? That person may not have even, may not have even graduated from high school. You can look at some of it. If you, if you define uh, academic success with financial success, you can look at some of the wealthiest people on the face of this planet, and many of them have not been highly educated. Many of them. So I'm saying all of this to say to you, if uh, if this is you or this is someone that you know, please share this message with them. But I want you to know that in today's time, don't get wrapped up in the titles. The titles will confuse you. They will make you believe that you've achieved something that you may not have necessarily achieved or earned. Especially in today's time, if you don't have a high school diploma or GED or bachelor's degree, anything like that. Once again, I'm not saying anything, anything negative about those items. I'm simply noting that in today's time, you could easily learn as much or way more than someone who has those titles. It's very easy to do. If you want to educate yourself, there's nothing stopping you from educating yourself. That's the whole point of this message. If you, no matter what your situation is, you were raised in a situation where your parents didn't do a good job. It was actually a a poor situation to grow up in. That was your training ground. That was your training ground. Who you became or who you've become or who you've grown into as a result of your training ground is what gives you an advantage. Some people have had it so easy as child, as children, that they're kind of soft. They can't handle anything. When life hits them, they fold like a beach chair. But if you learn that life is happening for you, not to you, situations are happening for you, not to you, then you begin the process of learning from tough situations. Learning from situations where, you know what, you could go, woe is me, why is this happening to me, why am I going through this? Or you could go, you know what, let me see what I can do about this. And if you're really, if you're wise, if you apply wisdom, then you understand that some situations, many situations in life require a process of actions. So if you set out to overcome a difficult situation and you find that you can't overcome it in one leap, do not be surprised. Know that in life, sometimes multiple actions are required to overcome situations. It's going to be a back and forth. It is not a one hit or quitter, as we say. You can't just knock the answer out and it be done. It's a process that may need to take place. It's a system that you may need to put in place. Success is often the continuous and consistent action of a routine of practices throughout a day. 
Oftentimes, the things that you will achieve in life will require you to do multiple things, not just one. It'll require you to do something every single day, like maybe devote an hour a day to improving the way you think. An hour, to, uh, an hour a day to improving the way you speak. An hour a day to improving the way you think. An hour a day of struggle. It's like going to the gym and working out. You put in an hour a day. Something that really causes you to stretch and grow as a person. Once again, goals are nice, but goals are not the most important part. Goals are important because they give you something to focus in on. That vision, Right. But it's not the goal is who you become. It is who you become. So for and here's something for uh, the folks out there who are probably sitting and thinking, because I can hear you thinking some of y'all, you know, well, how do I do that? My life is here. I've not had anything. Uh, you know, I grew up tough and I didn't have anything. How do I get started? What do I need to do? Here's your first thing. The first thing that you need to do is identify what you want. That's step number one. What do you really want? And if you don't know what you want, now you are in position where it's time for you to experiment. You have to behave like a scientist. It's trial and error. And it doesn't have to be big trial and error. It can be small incremental steps. The smaller, the better, because you want to try things that you can kind of taste. It's like if you go somewhere and you need to taste the food. You don't eat a whole meal and then decide if you like it or not. You taste it. A little taste. If you taste something or you try something and it, it leads you in a certain direction, like, I think I might like this. You go a little bit further. You go a little further until you can identify if this is actually something that you want to do. So that's for the people who don't know what they want. But if you're a little bit further along and you do know what you want, the next step is to develop a goal. So what is your goal? And if you know what you want and yours is, I want to be a billionaire, right? Well, you have to know that you have to take smaller steps to become a billionaire because it's not just going to drop in your lap. It's going to take a little bit of time. So be realistic. Maybe you want to start off with millionaire or if being a millionaire is too tough, or it's too lofty at this point. Maybe you want to start off with being a thousand air or a hundred air. Can you put away a penny a day? If you can put away a penny a day, then you move to a nickel a day, then a dime, then a quarter. This may sound trivial to you, but in the steps towards achieving financial freedom and wealth, you have to start somewhere. And instead of leaps, thinking of leaping an entire staircase, maybe you want to say, well, how many steps can I walk up at a time? Maybe it's two steps at a time, three steps at a time. But you build on it because the beauty in building is over time, things add up. Your, act, your actions begin to add up and eventually you begin to see the steps that are required to achieve billionaire status if that is your goal. So once you've identified your goal, then you want to develop a plan. In your plan, you want to do what I call reverse engineer. OK, it's not my statement, uh, but it is what I subscribe to. Reverse engineering means put yourself in a mindset 
of someone who already has achieved that goal. So see yourself as having your goal and then reverse engineer, which means start from the end. Start with the end in mind and think about all of the steps that are required or all of the steps that you took to achieve that goal. And then you break it into its easy, smaller steps, steps that you can take, like starting off with a penny a day and a nickel a day and a quarter a day. Starting off very small, putting yourself in the rhythm. And then after you've developed your plan comes probably the most important part of the entire plan which is to take action. Until you take action on your plan, you're just dreaming. Now, keep in mind, when you take action on your plan, you may find out that some of the things that you planned for or you planned, the steps that you planned were unrealistic. There's nothing wrong with that because you want to always, while you are taking taking actions on your plan, you want to monitor your progress and make adjustments as needed. The adjustments that you take are the adjustments that you tweak your plan with so that it makes your everyday routine more effective. The impact is is what you're looking for. This is why you're monitoring. You're monitoring and measuring so that you can figure out what your impact is. And in some cases, you'll be able to take leaps because some things will be natural to you. And in some things, they won't be natural. You'll have to take every single step. Now, throughout, throughout the process of achieving your goal, what I advise you to do, and this is probably the most important part of the entire process, and that is control your mind state. Your mental attitude about what you have to do is going to determine a lot of your actions because there's a there is a difference between working and enjoying the work you do and working and hating the work that you do. There's a difference. If you enjoy your work, you'll see more. Your mind is clearer. Your brain works to your advantage. You can focus. You can breathe. You can think. You'll see all of your opportunities. But if you hate the work that you do, then you have a difficult time seeing the opportunities that lie above you, the times when you can actually make the process even easier. Right. You won't see it because the brain does some weird things when it's in pain. The brain does not like to be in pain, so it'll do things to avoid pain. It'll make you tired. It'll make you lazy. It'll make you uh It'll stop providing you with ideas, ideas, because your brain will think this is something that's hurting. Right. So you have to learn to enjoy the process. Focus on the process, not so much the goal. The goal is important. But remember, it's the process, the work that you put in that is really going to develop you. That is how you overcome Any handicap that you believe you have in life. Remember, in life, there are three things that you absolutely need. Three that you absolutely need. Air, companionship, and food. 
Everything after that is extra. You are overqualified. Everything, be it parenting that you did not receive, encouragement that you never got, uh, the kind of people in your life who speak power and positivity and empower you, all of those things, the haters all around you who are telling you you're crazy, that you can't do it, who are laughing at you or giving you negative vibes, all of those things, none of them matter. The only thing that matters is can you breathe? If you can breathe, you're doing great. If you have somebody around you, whether you know them or not, you're doing good. If you have food every single day, then you're doing something. And food does not have to be five-star food. As long as you have something to nourish your body, eventually in the process of working towards your goal, that will improve. That will improve. So what? If you have to start off skinny, you start off skinny. But as you get better, as you get stronger, as you become more wise, as you gain more knowledge, you begin to understand. And then life becomes, you become a master. You become a person who is practicing mastery. And mastery is a process. Mastery is a process. When I say mastery, I'm not talking about perfection. Perfection is an illusion. Do not get caught up in the illusion of perfection. There is no such thing as perfection. Perfection is a moving target. If what looks good to you today still looks good to you tomorrow, then you haven't grown. And that's just because every single day you need to progress You need to be looking at last year as a level from last year. Now you are leveling up. So there you have it. This was just a a quick message. Well, it wasn't really quick. You know, put a little bit of time into this, but uh, just something to to speak to someone who is out there who needs to hear what you can do about your life. If you've been you feel like you've been dealt a tough situation and you don't know exactly what to do because you feel like the whole world is against you, just know uh, that you can do it. All it takes is effort, creativity. By the way, here's an extra note for you, for someone out there who is, uh, you know, because I know there are a lot of people who are going through tough situations, especially now in this pandemic and all that. Keep in mind two things, creativity and the basics of economics. Creativity, meaning your ability to uh, think creatively. And you can do that very easily by brainstorming. You write at the top of a paper with uh, ideas and then you just list as many as you can. And then after you list as many things as you can for a minute, you check off the things that actually sound good. Then you take a chance at working those things. That's that one level of creativity. Economics. The basics of economics is supply and demand. So if you are in a situation where, you know, you're unemployed, nothing's coming in. Right. And you need things to be coming in because you got responsibilities, supply and demand. Look at life and see what people need. What do they need? Now, can you provide them with what they need? 
The need is the supply. I mean, excuse me, the need is the demand. The supply is you. Sometimes it may require you to actually perform a service. Sometimes it may require you to create something or something that you have that others may want. Supply and demand. You sell those things. You provide a service or a product. And now you're in position to provide for yourself and your family or whoever you're taking care of or your responsibilities. Creativity and economics can rescue you even when it seems bleak. Okay, I'll talk more about those things at a later date. But for now, this is Coach Rye. I hope this message did something for you. Rather be you. And if not you, please share this information. I know there's someone out there who needs to hear this because many of us are struggling. Many of us, you know, uh, are looking at life and is, you know, sometimes it doesn't seem good, but it's because we're forgetting to be grateful for the things that we already have. Every single person on this planet is already overqualified. But if you wrap your mind up in cultural standards, believing that you need more than the basics, then it could be causing you undue stress. Not saying that the you know shiny things aren't nice, but they should not be the determining factor of your happiness. This is Coach Ra. Share this message. Until next time, peace, everybody.